Well, today I want to talk to you about a conversation that kicks off in Exodus. It's in chapter 13, and it's part of the children of Israel uh, moving from Egypt into their own land. And there is a, a rather unique experience. And I wonder if, you, if you've ever thought about it. It, it's, it goes like this. In verse 21, the presence of the Lord was going before them by day in a pillar or column of cloud to lead them along the way. And in uh, a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Have you ever wondered about this pretty unusual experience that millions of uh, uh, God's people must have had seeing a cloud in the sky during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And how that they were commanded, just keep your eye, so that's the river for them. Keep your eye on the cloud. Don't drift too far from the cloud. Always know where the cloud is because then you'll know where the leading of the Lord is. And you can travel whether it's day or whether you're experiencing a bit of night at the moment. Even if it's a little dark where you're at, there'll be enough light in the form of the fire for you to follow. The trick to surviving spiritually and thriving spiritually is don't lose sight of the cloud by day and the fire by night. And there's something really exceptional about that. And I wanted to talk to you today along those lines. In Genesis chapter 28, it says this, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I, God says, have done whatever I have spoken to you. You know, that's one of the verses that's highlighted in my Bible. God making a promise that He won't leave me, won't forget me, won't forsake me, will complete what He began in me and bring me back to a land He promised me. Even if I go somewhere I shouldn't have gone, the presence of the Lord, the pillar by, uh, of uh, fire by night, the cloud by day is going to bring me back to where God had intended for me to be. Today I want to talk to you about how that God is here and always near. God is here and always near. Do you know when you think about stories like that in the Bible, the pillar by, uh, of, of fire by night and the cloud by day, you must think what an unusual time to be alive that there would be something to follow that's so practical. But you know everything in the Bible has its New Testament version. And if you know the book of Acts, you will know that there came a time when they came looking for Jesus in the tomb, but he was not in the tomb. Instead, while they were looking up to the cloud, Jesus appeared and said, what are you looking for? You won't find me in the grave. You'll find me seated in the clouds in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Do you know, we just have to keep looking to the resurrection version of ourselves and our leadership in Jesus Christ and not for the graveyard version of ourselves and God will lead us through everything. It wasn't long afterwards and flames of fire landed on the disciples in Acts chapter 2. And so in two chapters, the cloud in chapter 1 and the fire in chapter 2 to match the cloud in the wilderness and the fire at night. You and I still have a cloud that leads us and you and I still have a fire that guides us so that we can travel by day or even if it's a little night, we'll still get there. Can you say amen to that? 
Do, do you know, it's quite easy to lose our way, I have found. We can lose our way even if we have good instructions. I know that uh, we now have the privilege of GPS and I'm not going to make some kind of a spiritual joke about GPS and how the Holy Spirit is our internal GPS because I regularly look at the GPS directions on my phone and I reach the conclusion that they are wrong. And from time to time, I take a different turn and it just shouts at me, make a U-turn whenever you legally can make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. And after a while, I just switch it off uh, and get lost all by myself. I, I, find, I find it easier to get lost on my own. I wonder how many Christians uh, we've switched off the U-turn voice and got lost all by ourselves. And it takes the Holy Spirit to bring us right back into the purpose and destiny and plan of God. Can you say amen to that? He is here and very near. Is that a clappable moment? He is here and very near. There's something to be said about God being here. I know that it seems as though at times God is far away, but He is not. The Bible tells us that He is ever-present to help in time of need. Do you know that your friends might stick around you for good times, and they might even stick around you for a couple of tough times, but there are places, circumstances, decisions, and headspaces in your life that your friends can't go with you to. They're private. They're your internal burden. They're your personal struggle. But you know what God says? I'm coming with you into the darkest place of your heart and the most insecure place of your head and the most broken part of your soul. I'm coming with you. I won't leave you even though I know everything about you. I am ever present a help in time of need. God is here and very near. You know, it seems at times we might chase him away, but we don't. We can't chase him away because he is eternal and he knows that we are mortal. He gets it, that we're the broken ones and he is the healer. I wanted to encourage you today that God is here and near. God is uh, not far from us. And when we get a sense and a grasping of that, it changes our attitude a little. I'm a little worried that as Christians, we start losing focus of the cloud or forget about the fire, that we drift a little and forget, keep your eye on the presence of God. Do you know that cloud was a shelter by day? The story is told in Old Testament times that if people got a little late, they had a medical emergency, they were a little sick and they couldn't keep up. All they had to do is make sure we'll recover, but we'll keep our eye on the cloud. We'll make sure we can see God's presence. At night, the warmth of God's presence was so important that people would stick around the fire and talk about the goodness of God. I want to encourage you today, whether you're online or on radio or in a, a building, an actual place of worship, I want to encourage you, keep your eye on the Lord. Keep your ear open to the sound of the Spirit. Don't get lost. It's your coming of age when we're able to hear his voice. My sheep know my voice, the Bible says, and the voice of another, they just simply won't hear. Can you say amen to that? They just simply won't hear it. Your ears get attuned to the presence of God. And the presence of God is so incredibly powerful and incredibly important that it could make a wilderness bearable. Do you know there's something really significant about the pillar and the cloud? The Bible says it never left the children of Israel. Now, let me just tell you something. The children of Israel left God a few times. 
The children of Israel got confused. They made <laughs> images. Isn't it incredible? I'll tell you something noteworthy. Uh, children of Israel, uh, uh, Moses was on the mountaintop getting the commandments. The children of Israel melted and made a false idol, a golden calf. How do you find enough gold in the treasure, in the wilderness to make an idol? Do you know what I've discovered? Sin finds its own way to get payment. It'll find a way. You see, sin steals from me, but salvation teaches me to sow and invest. I get a return on my investment, but I have a thief and a robber that I must fight and defend. And there they were in the middle of the wilderness and they were ignoring the Lord. They argued amongst themselves. At one stage, they nearly stone pearled Moses. Like, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness? We don't agree with this. They just about killed the poor guy. And you know what the Bible says? All the while, the clouds stayed and the fire stayed. You've made some bad decisions. Your sin tax came for you. I know that's a political thing. I thought I would just throw it, throw it in there. Do you know, tomorrow will be two years exactly to the first presidential family meeting that put us into a pandemic. And in acknowledgement of those two years, I do need to say to the, to the family of Father's House that you have lifted up and carried your church faithfully through two years of, of lockdown. Not only have you carried your church by participation, by financial commitment, by prayer and by encouragement, we actually started a church during lockdown in Cape Town. Hello, Cape Town. And hey, James, thanks for leading worship for the first time today in Cape Town. We started a church during lockdown because we, continue, we wanted to continue with the vision and plans God had put on our hearts and make sure that we were living by God's economy and not the economy of this world. And as your pastor and on behalf of our team, two years on, thank you. God is here and He is near. Surely at some point we must read the famous psalm, but I thought I'd go old school in reading it. Psalm 23, but in King James. Now you've got to be 50 to read a psalm in, in King James. Let me tell you, you've got to be 50 to read a psalm in King James. Uh, it says this, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are here and near with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are here. In that Psalm, God reminds us that although He is here, He is not passive and here. He is active and here. You may not know this, but God is active in your life. In fact, may I make a confession, the confessions of a 50-year-old, and I'll only do it today. Tomorrow I'm back to somewhere in the 40s. Even the things that hurt me were intended by God for my good. And the pain one carries through the struggles and the difficulties God has in mind. It's just me as a good shepherd leading you beside still waters and to green pastures. I am here and I am near and I am active in your life. God is not passive. He is active. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith and acknowledgement that God is mighty that way. You might not feel Him. I've often not felt God. But I'm reminded that I don't have to feel Him to have faith in Him. I simply have to believe Him to have faith in Him. 
Feelings come and go. Faith, though, stands the test of time. God is here and near. The near part really touches me because they were on their way to a promised land and it took a while to get there. God's presence reminds me that whatever is not yet finished, is undone or is unaccomplished, God commits to getting us there. He won't stop halfway. Ever been on a hike with some friends who started out bravely and one kilometer into the hike started talking themselves out of it? So let me tell you a little humorous story uh, on hiking. I'm not a great hiker. I enjoy climbing Table Mountain. You up and down in the same day. And if not, they send helicopters for you. That seems... But it was decided by some friends that George needs to experience the outdoors. It would seem for some reason that all these significant events in my life have to happen somewhere on safari. I got to go hunting or I got to go... So it was decided that we would do our hike along the beachfront uh, along the coastline. I can't remember exactly where. I seem to remember we had to go to Kenton or somewhere there and then double back. There was a warning for rain and a little bit of wind. But the great campers decided it's nothing. So I went along with them. That night before the hike, we were camped somewhere and there were those little fireflies all over the forest, everybody said, how nice. I said, that's how a documentary that doesn't end well starts. <laughs> this is going to be our National Ge Geographic one day. Even the fireflies came, sending their Morse code, don't go, don't go, don't go. But they didn't see it. We complimented the fireflies for keeping us company went to bed and left early in the morning. We were on the beach about an hour of a full two-day hike. And the wind picked up a little. Ponchos came out. The rain came down. At this point, the sand felt like cement. It got stuck to us. I was getting sandblasted. I was already several shades lighter than the brown I arrived at when I got there from the sandblasting. <laughs> but I became obstinate because they were trying to prove to me, the hikers, that hiking was a good idea. They said, should we turn back, George? I said, onward, Christian soldiers. <laughs> onward. At this point, all ideas of equality were gone out the window. The girls were giving their hiking bags to the guys. Double burdened by, by this. Because, you know, uh, everybody is equal until there's a fight. Eh? And then <laughs> everybody's equal until there's a fight. And then the girls go, you get out there, boy. And you go hit him for me. and Come back and report how it went. Take photos. The sand was going into our shoes. People's feet were bleeding. Again, they said, should we turn back? I said, you know, we must finish that which we have begun. We tried as hard as we could. At some point, though, 
farmers from the surrounding area came for us. Even though we didn't want to end it, they just came. They said, look, you people can't be out here in this climate. We were huddled in the back of a bucky. Ten of us. Each one thanking the Lord for his mercies. By this stage, I had lost my sense of humor. I said, about those lovely fireflies last night. A day or two went by. I SMSed everybody. I said, great hike, everyone. (laughs) Same time next year? Question mark. Do you know I've yet to receive a message uh, in return? And some have unfollowed or blocked me on social media. We are simply not friends anymore. The trauma was too much. The point of the story is this. Your friends might abandon you in a tough hike. And the neighbors might say, you're not going to make it. But when you say God is here and near, Jehovah Shammah, for those of you who want the deeper text of it, you must know that if you kept walking in a storm, he would not leave you. He would walk with you. Carry for you the bag and the burden. Fight with you the struggle. Because God's commitment to us is unwavering. I believe in the gospel of grace because I don't know of any other one. There is no other kind of gospel I can think of. Surely God's grace to hover over a people who kept rejecting him by providing them a cloud of comfort by day and a pillar of fire by night, surely. Messing up, but here's my light and my life. So this morning, I want to remind you of a couple of things to bear in mind when you think about God is near and God is here. Firstly, God is for you. And that's why he is with you. God is for you. Never avoid his company because his intentions for you are always good. Acts chapter 17 and verse 27 says, God did this, put us through things so that uh, you and I, they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Do you know how far away God is from you? He is a centimeter or two less than the distance of your reach. When you reach him through a short prayer or a long prayer, through a, oh God, help me, or an absolute silent anguish, whatever the distance of your reach is, he's already closer than that. Can you say amen to that? On a deathbed, if all you can muster is a little whisper of a prayer, that's the distance of your reach. He's closer than that. God is for you. God is here for you. He is also here with you. Do you know how many people have said to me, I just feel lonely. In fact, on those prayer cards we receive certainly in North End and are available at all our churches, the overwhelming majority of prayer requests is from people asking us to help them take control of their mind. A kind of mental health plea. But I want you to know God is with you. 
God is with you so that it is not possible for you to be alone. God is with you so that even when your mind rages, He knows how to quiet the storm. And maybe today, wherever you're hearing this message, whether in in person, live or later than live, maybe the word to you is peace be still. Mind, don't lie. You're not alone. God is with me. Mind, don't be deceived. South Africa is not lost. God is in our midst. Mind, don't play tricks on me. The church is not broken for where two or three are gathered. There he is in the midst. He is here and he is near. Can you say amen to that? That was the verse, by the way, Matthew 18, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. A reiteration that is present both now and wherever you go and he's committed to getting me where he needs me to go. He's there in you. Now something about God in me is so powerful. Broken a vessel as you might feel at times, like Lord, I, I can't contain all the parts of my life. I want you to know other things might fall out. You might lose your patience. You might lose your peace. You might lose your temper, which is a good thing to sort of lose and never find again. So just lose it once. I must share this. Surely, Vince, may I? I received wonderful birthday gifts yesterday. A balance between Christian books and Amarula. I'm not sure what that says about my faith. I got lovely socks with dog motifs on them. But most importantly, I got Apple tags that you can put in your wallet, on your keys or on yourself so that my Find My Phone app can find you when you're lost. Does this mean that when you've reached 50, there's a general sense that you're going to get lost and we're going to have to look for you on Find My Phone device? George isn't at church to preach today. Somebody power up, find my phone and track him. I want you to know you might lose a lot, but what you will not lose is the rooted, incorruptible seed of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You can even take a lot from me, but you can't take that. It's just too deeply rooted. Romans 10 reminds us the word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Simply if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how close. Do you know how close something must be for it to be in your words? That's how close he is. And there is one last thing that God reminds us of when he says he is here and God is here and near. And that is he has gone before me to prepare a way for me. I'm not sure how everybody got away with preparing 
a little birthday thing because I'm, I sneak around all over the venue. So I, I can see that I was delayed and redirected so that I wouldn't bump into this or notice that. In 20 years of, 15 years of going to Builders Warehouse and PE, I've never bumped into Vincent at Builders Warehouse. And there he was on Friday. I said, Vince, what are you looking for? He came up with something very random. When I got in the car, I realized perhaps he wanted to get, they wanted to get me a plant, you know. So I thought I would SMS them plants that live in the Eastern Cape. I got moved this way and moved that way. I was asked, are you going to be here or there at that time? But it reminded me of how you might feel shunted about from time to time. You wanted to go this way, but God moved you that way. He asked you if you'd be here or there at that time. That's because all the while, he had gone before you to prepare a way for you. He had a surprise he didn't want you to stumble into ahead of time. He had prepared a room for you, a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He had set things up for you and your detour was no more a delay than it was a setup for the perfect opportunity for the surprise to be revealed. You're looking for a relationship or trying to get into a social group or looking for the ideal business. You just didn't make it to that tender contract or you just didn't get into that discussion and you felt shifted around. I want you to know it is because God is here and near that he has gone before you and he's simply making crooked places straight. Isaiah 45 says, I will go before you and I will level the mountains and I will break down the gates of bronze and of iron uh, and, and break the gates, gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron and I will give you hidden treasures and secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord. He's got hidden treasures, secret places. He moved you around. He kept you off one road because he was leveling another one. He said no to that relationship because he was preparing her or him for you somewhere else. And at just the right moment, he moved you to the surprise. And he prepared a treasure for you. I love a God who is not far from me, who is here and near. God is my ever-present help in time of need. Can you say amen to that? Let's give God a proper shout of praise and thanksgiving. And then let's stand together to pray. For those of you who are in Mandela Bay, Kabecha, and you're interested in an evening service, we are back in the evening in full force. And uh, you're welcome to double dip because it's a different message. I start a new series titled Ride or Die. Oh, it's going to be good. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're present. Thank you, Lord, that you are in us and for us and ahead of us. Thank you, Lord, that we have this confidence that we're never left abandoned or alone because your spirit is with us. 
We're keeping our eye on the cloud. We thank you for the fire of the Spirit. We won't move too far from those. We'll keep our eyes so we don't get lost. Thank you, Lord, that even when we, when we take detours, you fulfill your promise that you will return us and you will accomplish what you had intended. We claim that scripture in Genesis to be true for you and me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God one more shout of praise? It's always a joy to be in church with you.